And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Monday, January 10th. It is uh, the first day of a full week of work. Don't worry, gang. You get a day off, hopefully, next week for Martin Luther King Day. I remember how happy I was when the New York Stock Exchange finally, finally added Martin Luther King Day to a day off. There's only eight stock market holidays, Mark, which, you know, always makes me feel like I am like I'm pouty. That, that doesn't seem like very many. So be it. And also, did you notice, Mark, that we got robbed of a New Year's Day holiday for the markets? That stunk. But whatever. I was off for two weeks and so was Mark-ish. Two weeks off-ish. Anyway, we are here to take the mystery out of your financial life. And the way that we do that is we encourage you to check out our beautiful new website, jillonmoney.com. And if you have a financial question, click the contact button. While you're on this site, you can read the stuff that we've written and listen to old shows. You can subscribe to our sister broadcast called Eye on Money. And the beauty of that is that twice a week, you get to hear Mark Talercio's dulcet tones on the airwaves. So if that isn't enough of a tease to get you to do something, I don't know what is. Today, we are on the line with Brent. He is from Colorado. Hello, Brent. What can we do for you today? Thanks, Jill. I, in the upcoming year, am preparing to sell a business that I have started about 10 years ago in the software space. And I want to do a good job with it all. It's, you know, it's been a, a labor of love over the past 10 years, but I'm, I'm kind of clueless as to what I need to be thinking through as, we, as, as our team and our, our company goes through this process. So can I ask a few questions? And of course, this is not his real name because we're protecting him. So um, why did you decide to sell? 
You know, uh, we started the company 10 years ago and we had zero outside funding and, and no outside investors. And it's been a struggle. We got it up and going. We've been so lucky and fortunate to get it there. In software, we're at that sweet spot where that first round of private equity is is really attractive. And so it's, you know, we've just decided it's at the time we'd probably get a great return, a great multiple on the business. And uh, we would like to to proceed and do that. That's awesome. All right. And so let's let's go a little bit about you personally, and then we'll get to the business. How old are you? I am 40 years old. Wow. You're young. This is exciting. And are you married, partnered? Yeah. My wife and I have been married for, let's see, about 16 years, and we have eight children. Hold on. Hold on. Mark is having a little nervous breakdown on your behalf. Eight children. Any multiples in those eight kids? Like, do we have like one set of triplets that that throws these numbers off? No kidding. There are no multiples in there. Those are eight kids spaced two years apart. And I have five of them are are girls and I wish they could grow up and be like you, Jill. Oh, that's so nice. No, you don't. You have no idea. I was such a pain in the ass kid. Um, Five (laughs) girls. They're all two. So what are the age ranges? So if you start at 15 years old and you just subtract two and God. all the way down, our youngest is about seven months old. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mark, you might have to leave that in. You might have to leave that in. Um, are you guys – all right. I mean, eight kids is a lot. I don't know how to compute this in my brain. You Let's wanna, not you go there. a weird fact? So yes. Part of the, the compelling reason to sell the business is it's a great time. There's a lot of money in the markets and we're getting lots of outreach from, you know, strategic investors and then the finance financial investors. And, and I'm doing the math and I think I'm going to be having children in college for 20 years straight. And oh my God. I have no idea how I'm going to cover this cost unless we just have a great outcome with this business. Okay. And are you the are you the major shareholder? Are there other people involved? Yes, I'm the there's two other co-founders. We're all equal shareholders and we are the we own the majority of the business for sure. Okay. What do you figure your one third of the business is worth? Outside auditors have told us right now that my shares are probably worth seven point three million dollars. All right, let's talk about other money you have before, and we're gonna come back to the business. Okay. So You live in a house with these eight kids? (laughs) Stacked on top of each other. Yes, we do. Uh, What's the house worth? The house values probably around $850,000. All right. And do you have a mortgage outstanding? Yes, about $340,000. Okay. Presuming you get the seven million books, uh, would you want to allocate some part of this to be in a bigger home? Or is this the house that you're in? fine with you guys. Yeah, probably need to get to a bigger space. Uh, you know, it's a 2200 square foot home, you know, bunk beds galore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that would be one aspect of this, which is what do you think you'd have to spend to be in a new house that is big enough for eight people? I th- actually think you need a cattle ranch of some sort. <laughs> yeah, carrying over the equity to the current house to the next one, you know, I'm thinking there's probably another four to five hundred thousand dollars we need to spend. All right. That seems so that seems reasonable. So if you even if we said one point, even if you like doubled it to like one point five million, right? Like yeah, that could that, be possible. Okay. So yeah. that would do it for you guys. And here's my other question for you. 
if you were like looking ahead post sale, do you want to keep working? Do you want to go? Are you a serial entrepreneur? Do you think that you'd want to do this over and over and over again? How do you look at this? Oh, keep working for sure. I'm way too young and got to keep going. In fact, I'd like to keep going inside the business. I, I think it would be really great, but I feel like we need to just kind of take out some of the risk. Almost my entire net worth is in the business and I want to kind of diversify and then make sure I'm really set up in the future for success and, you know, definitely keep working. No need to stop. Did you feel like in this, in the COVID era, do you think that it, it helped your business in general, just in terms of valuation or the business itself? Were you able, I mean, I know it always feels weird for me to ask that question. I'm just interested. Did the last two years help your business more so than it would have sort of in the pre-COVID era, you think? Yes. COVID, uh, just a, it's terrible and wouldn't wish it ever again. But for our business, it really propelled it forward and just incredible growth over the past few years. Mm. Uh, a lot of it because of how the world has changed yeah, and, and more dependence on software. Were you always sort of like, we got to get out of this? Did one, was one more interested in selling than the other and had, and, or is, is everyone pretty much on the same page? Like, holy crap, we're in a great place. Let's take the money and run. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad. I mean, cause sometimes it's tough with partners, right? Let's talk a little bit about any other money that you guys have besides that's in the house. Do you have an emergency reserve fund? I have an emergency reserve fund, but you can imagine with eight kids, it's not where it needs to be. It's, it's just a little over $20,000 cash on hand. How much do you think you spend every month on, I mean, eight kids? I don't even know how to really like compute this all, but like, what is your need if you look at your, your monthly nut? Yeah, right now we probably spend about ten to $12,000 in just typical mm-hmm. operating expenses for our children and everything that they're involved in. So 10 or 12 grand a month is the nut. Besides the emergency fund or the, you know, whatever, that's actually just like a small operating budget, which is really going, everything is going in and out. Any other investments or 401k, IRA, anything like that? Yeah, I have tried to do it, but um, I mean, it's just been a battle balancing trying to build up the emergency fund versus the retirement. And so we we probably have a little over 125000 in IRAs and brokerage accounts. Okay. In your um, kind of like the retirement, is that going through the business? Do you guys have a 401k at work or is everyone on their own right now? We have a small 401k, but I've done the IRAs kind of separate on my own. Traditional IRA or Roth? Roth IRA. Okay, great. How much do you draw for, as income from the business currently? I take an annual salary of about $195,000 with a, a $30,000 bonus, just depending on how the year went. Okay. So obviously, this is why you guys are running pretty tight. If you were to stay on, it's a funny thing when you sell a business because when you're the owner, you keep your salary low and you pour everything into the business. But if I were to go hire you, my 40-year-old software genius, Brent, from Colorado, what would I actually have to pay you? Like This is a business that would have to pay you how much to keep you on the staff? Probably four to $500,000 a year. So do you have an actual like acquiring company? Is this like a done deal or is this like in the works? This is in the works. So okay. nothing yet. So that would be something that's important because we'd want you 
you know, as you start thinking about selling to factor that in, you got to get paid what you're worth. I remember um, a long time ago, so I had a client who was, I had a small business and it was funny. The acquiring company basically said, well, you're not paying yourself enough. And he's like, what do you mean? Like, I thought you'd be happy about that. They're like, no, a real business has to pay people. <laughs> you can't just do yeah. this. Like, right. So, so we need you to be paid. Okay. So let's now move into the fun part, which is how we're spending all of your money. You have attorneys <laughs> for the business, right? We have attorneys for the business, but not for myself. Mark, do you think that he should get his own attorney? Do you think he should assemble his own team right now? Yeah, I think so also. Look, the business may have a slightly divergent interest from you personally, okay? What I think could be interesting here is that, you know, obviously – the way you structure this deal could have huge tax ramifications. And so what I think you're going to need is like you have an attorney for the business. You have, is somebody helping you? Are you like an investment banker of some sort, someone trying to sort of uh, negotiate a sale on your behalf? Or is this something you guys can do on your own because you have other, I don't know, like maybe it's just the industry. Do you know the, the potential acquirees of your business? Yeah, we are not that smart. So we do have an outside banker that is going to help us run the process later this year. Okay. What I think would be interesting for you is I would start assembling my team. Do you use a, a an accountant for yourself, a CPA? No. I would hire one. I would totally hire one. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I would hire somebody who has some expertise in sale of businesses, um, which you can certainly find. I'm sure that, you know, through your network of people who you know, um, you would find someone, but you know, someone who's dealt with, you know, look, uh, five to 10 to $15 million sales. Like you would, you don't need someone who's uh, handling billion dollar deals, right? You need somebody who can help you personally and establish that as your, as someone who you really trust. And then I think that you probably are going to need I don't know if like you need a deal lawyer for yourself, but I almost feel like that CPA, if that person might have a good suggestion, like I would go for the CPA first and then I would probably get an attorney who could just kind of walk me through. Do you, do you have, um, just trying to think like, do you have friends in the, who are lawyers? Do you have know anyone like this or is there, do are we starting fresh with no access to people? I have friends who are lawyers, but I, I'd probably want to start fresh and maybe mm-hmm. just run a, a short, quick process, talking to a few, making sure that there's standardization around their, their counsel and advice and pick you the best I, one from there. Yeah. You, you know what I might ask? I might ask the deal person to say like, look, I really want to have my own lawyer involved in this just to have a review, just to have a little, another set of eyes. Nothing bad's going to happen. It costs you a few bucks, Right. Um, maybe you ask that person who's managing the sales process to give you a few names. I think that would be a great place to start. And also ask that person for um, some CPA firms that you could interview as well. I mean, look, we need to figure out what is going to be the the tax implication that, you know, you're not going to get $7 million net from this deal. There's going to be some taxes that are going to be due. I don't know what they are. You will structure things differently. It may be a deal where you say, you know what, we're not going to get an all cash deal. Maybe we have to take some stock. Maybe you want that. Maybe the other two don't. That's kind of why I think you may want to engage your own sort of mini team. So a CPA, an attorney, and then I might even think about hiring a certified financial planner to help you out. 
And and frankly, there's plenty of CPA firms that will do financial planning, so they may be able to do it with you. In fact, oh my God, do I have a great, I have a great recommendation for you because I know this guy, he, he is a CPA by training and then has become a certified financial planner. So when we get off the air, I'll send you his information. Okay. But I think that you want to assemble your team when you have these huge life events. What we want to make sure is that you're structuring the deal the right way for you. And, you know, frankly, I don't want to make it antagonistic with your two partners. It sounds like you have a very good relationship, but I feel like my own, in my own experience, I had tethered myself to a business, what's best for the business at my own detriment. And I think that my lesson in that is that when you can have your own representation, it might put a few noses out of joint, but it might save you some heartache down the line. I think that's really smart. Yeah. I, I, so that's how I look at this. Let's just pretend you had five million bucks net net from this whole deal. Okay. And you had to spend a million dollars on the house. Right. And now you have four million dollars in like your operating budget. Then I think what happens is you, you kind of have this four million dollars that's stashed away. You may want to talk about, um, I, I don't know how, you know, you view college funding. If that's something that's important to you, you might want to peel off, uh, you know, a million bucks and start funding a bunch of 529 plans. But I think that your team that you assemble can help you with that. You're still going to work and you're going to make four or 500 grand. I think that you probably won't have to touch this money for 20 years. That's the hope. So you want to start prioritizing. You and your wife would sit down with your team, with the, the CFP, the CPA, the attorney, identify the, the the priorities that are important for you, and then use the money to fund those priorities. That's what I think has to happen from this moment. And and you've got time, which is great. And it's also really good because you. it sounds like you're quite analytical. And uh, I love that. Uh, and you're, you're looking at this in a way that I think is really smart. I also think I'm going to give you a big like like five-star review of just saying, I'm not waiting around for the biggest amount of money for in the future. I'm taking advantage of something like this, this strange period that propelled you forward, that accelerated. If COVID was the accelerant to this business, you're not waiting around to see uh, what happens next. You're saying, let's do it right now, which is really laudable, I have to say. Thank you. This is good stuff, Jill. It's a great story. Mark, is there anything else that you, you want? Uh, you know, of course, Mark's going to remind me that I, I'll just say this now. You're obviously going to need a revision to your estate plan um, because there's going to be a bunch of money. I don't know what estate tax is in the state of Colorado, but, you know, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of kids. Do you already have wills and um, powers of attorney and healthcare proxies? I have wills and, you know, might want to talk to Mark. Maybe he can take some of the kids if Heaven oh forbid, yeah! Something happens to me. We can. Well, he doesn't have any way. girls. He doesn't have any girls. So we'll take three kids. We'll take three girls. It's like a litter. <laughs> you have a litter of children, basically. Yep. Mark, anything else that is um, on your mind? No, I'm still wrapping my head around the uh, having a child in college for 20 consecutive years. I know it's exhausting. Any chance that these kids go to state school? I think they're going to have to go to state school. <laughs> I think you're going to have to homeschool them and also home college them. The thing is that yeah. I imagine with eight, you really do want them to go away. Like that, that is part of the issue. It's an amazing story. It is 
truly one of these instances where, you know, when you wrote your email and you said, you know, you're, you're an outlier, it's really amazing because you're, you're an outlier in a couple of ways. Number one, eight kids. Number two, you've got this kick-ass business that you actually are smart enough to say, okay, let me monetize this business. And I think that you may underestimate how difficult that is. It is really, I know it's hard to do. People get very emotionally attached to the businesses they build, but uh, I'm really, I applaud this. Is there anything else on your mind that we can help you out with right now? This is fantastic counsel. I really appreciate helping me process and think through this, kind of assembling my own independent team to make sure that I'm properly thinking through and making the right decisions so that these eight kids can go to school and and hopefully turn out like you, Jill. Come on, stop now. You're very sweet. We wish you the very best of luck. Brent from Colorado, he's going to stay in touch with us. Don't worry. We'll find out. When you sell the business, will you come back? Absolutely. Fantastic. All right. He is an outlier, but he's the um, he's the $7 million man. I like that. That's the episode name, Mark, the $7 million man. Okay. You have been listening to the $7 million man with the eight kids, five girls uh, here at the Jill on Money show. I know this is a wild story. I just, I don't know. It's fascinating to me. Um, the numbers are huge all across the board, and we are so grateful for Brent for joining us. If you, like Brent, have a big decision to make and you want to just kind of chat it up a little bit with me and Mark, give us a holler. Go to JillOnMoney.com and click the contact button. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for the free weekly newsletter. And uh, you just can do lots of different things there. So check it out. The website looks great. Lift someone up today. Grit, growth, grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.